0: Peter Sherman, indeed, for today only, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of long-term care because, as you know, the uh, long-awaited report came out the other day. Douglas Carton is with us. He is co-founder of Seniors for Social Action Ontario. Good afternoon, sir.
1: Good afternoon, Peter. Glad to be with you.
0: Uh, great to have you aboard, and uh, there, there are so many things that we could go at, but... Um, The report was released April the 30th, so uh, I guess about five days ago. took a little bit of time to um, get into and get through, and I know uh, you've done that. Um, The response to the report from Seniors for Social Action says an awful lot of things. One of the things that uh, you want is... To be supported to uh, age in place now that's an interesting turn of phrase what it says to me is aside from long-term care facilities you'd like to see some uh practices uh, that, that are more prevalent in other countries particularly in europe utilized here where people don't necessarily go into a uh, congregate setting
1: yes i mean that's true peter that's uh I, I think it's one of our big disappointments about the long-term care commission's report in general is that they really, you know, took the hundred-foot view instead of the ten-thousand-foot view of what's wrong with our system? And one of the things that uh, Senior for Social Action Ontario believes is that the dysfunction in the system is uh, uh, related to a number of factors, and one of them is there just no alternatives to the institutional model. And uh, in Ontario. Uh, Aging in place is what seniors themselves are saying they want. We can find no seniors that aspire to a nursing home, quite frankly. And aging in place is a um, model of support that certainly used widespread in Europe and in Denmark in particular was one model where they haven't built a single institutional bed in 25 years because of their commitment to a robust home care system that allowed people to uh, age in their own home uh, with as much support as they need. Um, Look, you so, know, it depends uh,
0: also on uh, on how long you live. Uh, I remember uh, in my own family, my mom was in her 90s. She she was not cognitively functional as to the extent to live alone. She, she knew what was going on, but she couldn't be trusted to cook and so forth. So we had no choice but to put her in a long-term care facility, uh, and um, she detested it. And I, I swore to myself at that time, Never going to be me in one of those. Now, neither of us, I think, are spring chickens. I don't want to be in a long-term care facility. I don't mean to diss them. I think there are people who need them. I'm saying that for as long as I could stay out of one, and I suspect you'd say the same thing, I would stay out of one.
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Peter. And, and, and you're in concert with, with with all kinds of other seniors and seniors groups like CARP. Unfortunately, we're not in concert with other vested interests in the system. But Peter, I also want to say to you that I've spent 40 years in the uh, disability sector working with and for people with disabilities and their families. And I was uh, involved to a fairly large degree in the, in the initiative that brought thousands and thousands of people out of institutions who, who were disabled to live in the community, in small homes, in neighborhoods, in supported living situations. And regardless of your cognitive abilities or your physical abilities, we have discovered that everyone can live in the community with supports in small homes. You don't have to live with 250 people in an institutional-like setting. You can live in a small home with three or four others. And we've just done some research that says the costs are comparable, the dignity is higher, the respect is higher, the personal outcomes are higher, you're safer the infection rates and deaths. Let me give you just one incredible example that just blew me away. There were 19,000 people with intellectual developmental disabilities living across this province in supported living situations and small shared homes. And of those 19,000 people, Peter, there have been 20 COVID-related deaths. Compare that to the 4,000 deaths from the long-term care facility and it'll just change your mind about where safety and security lies.
0: Okay, I'm. I have to ask you um, a question about uh, the to and fro that's been, um, I guess, going on, and and the engagement between the opposition and the government uh, currently in the legislature of the province of Ontario. Uh, the the opposition obviously says. You haven't done your job to the government. Um, Fullerton, the minister of long-term care, has to go. Um, is it well? I'm not going to ask you if it's fair. I'm going to ask you the question, and you can choose to answer it any way you want. Are you happy with what the government's done in the long-term care area?
1: So I, I'm not happy with uh, what this government done ha, has done. I'm not happy with what previous governments have done. The long-term care dysfunction goes back decades. We can point fingers at every single government. The current government is responsible right now. They are not doing some of the things that need to be done to really change the model of support. I think what people are doing is tinkering with the symptoms. And frankly, Peter, if you throw uh, just more staffing, more money and more standards at the current system, it'll just be a bigger dysfunctional system. Um, you'll you'll tidy up some of the corners, but it's still gonna be not the place you and I wanna go. So I, I am really disappointed that the conservative government is not seeing this as a time to reform elder care in the way seniors want. If we wanna age in place like the Danes do, we're gonna have to make a massive commitment to home care and you can't be putting in another 55,000 beds that the Long-Term Care Commission is recommending when seniors are saying they don't want it, when the Danes prove we don't need it, and we're not prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. So I think you can point fingers at government, but I'll tell you what I am seeing right now, uh, Peter, in terms of the politics of this. I'm seeing a river of hope in the opposition parties. You, you may have, and, and seniors for social action, let, let me say is apolitical. We're all for seniors, We're not, we're apolitical. But I'm seeing a sliver of hope in the liberal election platform, which is beginning to talk about stronger enforcement, alternatives to institutions, removing profit from care, and having some innovative ideas about how they could um, uh, bring various initiatives to bear on the aging in place strategy.
0: Well, and if Ford does what every other government's ever done, including the Liberals who ran the place for 15 years, he should steal them. But uh, let me play you a piece of, uh, of audio from this morning, and this is a question about whether or not uh, Minister Fullerton is going to stay in her position, because there has been talk about uh, uh, a cabinet shuffle and the fact that this particular file hasn't been run well. Uh, let's listen to Doug Ford. I have full confidence in my minister. She's done more as a doctor to serve those most in need than anyone in this chamber. Anyone, bar none, for 30 years. She's dedicated her life to protecting the most vulnerable, caring for those who are sick on the front lines, and that deserves respect. Her voice and experience are vital as we correct the decades of inaction in the long-term care sector caused by many governments. Okay, so that's uh, Doug Ford. What I want to do is play one more clip, get your reaction, and then we're kind of out of time. This is uh, somebody you know well, Vivian Stamatopoulos, uh, and and she is obviously in her position commenting constantly on uh, long-term care, and she reacted to uh, Fullerton herself calling out the NDP, and this was yesterday. Let's listen. Just when you think she can't display more ignorance and disrespect to these families. She, she doubles down and tops it every time. It's astounding. You know, That when she came out last week and said that, you know, she didn't start the fire, but she ran into the fire to fix and save these people. From that to this, it's just, there is no bottom <laughs> with Minister Fullerton. There is zero accountability. I mean, she seems fundamentally allergic to accountability. Okay, then. Let's let's go back to you and uh, Doug, question, or, question and answer. My question, do we have to see a cabinet shuffle? Do we have to see a different minister?
1: Yeah, I think we are going to see a different minister. I think expressions of confidence is the first vote when you get out the door. Happens in baseball, for example, all the time. When you give an expression of confidence, the manager's gone as soon as uh, that's over with. But that's not going to fix the problem, Peter, if, if we just change the minister. We need a, a reform of elder care that is profound. That's been documented by the economists Don Drummond and Duncan Sinclair from Queen's University. We're going to have a 20. We're going to have a 60% rise. The baby boomer, a tsunami of baby boomers, meeting the elder care needs in the next few years. And we need to do something that is fund that fundamentally reforms and just doesn't tinker with things. We need strong enforcement. Take profit out of care. We need to see alternatives to the institutional model itself. That is the problem. So I'm, I don't I'm, think- I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're that. right.
0: I'm sure you're right. And, and I'll just end it there and say, hey, Boomer, and thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. Always a pleasure, Douglas Carton, co-founder, Seniors for Social Action Ontario. I am Peter Sherman, uh, filling in today for Jeff MacArthur. Who-